What did we just watch, Amy? We watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist prior to its premiere. Yeah, the- well, sort of. <laughs> I think it premiered uh, last night, oh, technically. Okay, okay. I say that because I've been I getting a lot of Spotify ads about it. It airs on Sunday nights. Is that when it normally airs? Is okay. what my phone told me. Well, my Please. my Spotify ads for it were like, it, it premieres tonight. But now that I think about it, I've been getting those ads for a few days, so I have no idea when it actually premieres. So, what day is it, Kevin? (laughs) I don't know. It's probably Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Because yesterday was Monday, as we established. Yesterday was Monday. Some continuity for y'all long-term listeners. (laughs) Um, Yes, today is Tuesday. Um, And Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist premiered recently? Yeah, so it dropped on Hulu before it... Yeah. And YouTube. I was I was watching a video on YouTube. Oh yeah. And like there was an ad playing. I'm over in the bathroom, and I'll rewind the video. And I came back, and the ad was still playing because the ad was the entire episode of the pilot that we watched. All right, all right. These fun marketing strategies. Yeah, I mean, as far as it goes, it's not a bad. Well, um, I remember the Lego Movie Two did something very similar, which is they made an ad. On YouTube, that was the entirety of Lego Movie One, and they would just play it, and they're like, "You can watch your video, or you can just watch the Lego Movie now," <laughs> which is is interesting. It's a fun, it's a fun way. Um, to TV shows, things. especially, mm-hmm. I feel like that's yeah. an unusual. Well, the again, the Spotify ads I've been listening to uh, all say it's already a smash hit, even though it hasn't even premiered yet. Which is a weird thing. Uh, so it's to like meta contextual. Yeah. It's aware of what it's doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's actually a smash hit. I've I've seen like one or two reviews of it on the internet that exist. I don't I don't know that I even read them. I have no idea. It got like a seven point five out of ten on IMDb. That's, that's pretty good. Um, that's not, you don't always get that. that so number. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But what did but you think of it, Amy? The first pilot. Oh, and just a reminder that this is full of spoilers and we have not previously discussed what we're going to talk about. It. So it could be all over the place. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to say. We don't know. <laughs> um, Although I feel like the, the pilot... Like, I feel like there's less to spoil. Like, it, this was very much a, a premise pilot. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is establishing... What this show is going if to be. If you know be. what the concept of the show is, then there's, there's nothing very to spoil. little surprising in, about it. In, I mean, there's in. there's one there's one reveal, but like I kind of expected it. Mm-hmm. Um, I say I love pilots of episodes. <laughs> of episodes. Of really, of really. TV shows. I don't think I knew this about you. You just love yes, pilots. You do. I do. Okay, you love pilots. I love pilots. What do you love about in pilots? The sense of excitement you can get from a pilot Mm -hmm. i usually know like immediately do i want to keep watching or don't occasionally i will not be into the pilot but Mm -hmm. i'll do a few more episodes and then i really get into it well pilots are are weird because they're usually made all by themselves there is no knowledge if they're going to be making more of them or not like so there's there's a lot of different things you try and do with a pilot Mm -hmm. And then by the time it gets picked up for series, it could be months later. Yeah. And so pilots are good. And I really like the distinction between first and second episodes. I always like seeing like yeah. what what did they change what when they, they got change? picked up? What did they figure out? Um, I always thought it was funny that New Girl, um, which is not a show I ever watched consistently, had a weigh-ins 
on it. Not one of the brothers, but like one of their sons. Like yeah, Martin, one of the sons. Like junior. Um, screw I didn't watch the show. Like in the very first episode, <sighs> and then in the second episode, because of scheduling conflicts. Like in the pilot, yeah. he was in it, and then they're like, "Oh, he moved out. We got a new black guy." Well, because he got cast in a pilot of another show. Yeah, that he got was in multiple up, pilots, so. and he he ended up yeah. not being a new girl. Although he came back he, to new he girl, he did come back in the other show in the later <laughs> So, which which is funny. Cast changes from episode one to two. Structural changes. Yeah. Tone changes. Yeah, I always thought. Um, like, Glee is a fascinating show, and it reminds me of this in a lot of ways. They, like, pre-released the Glee yeah. uh, um, first episode. But the Glee pilot is is a perfect piece of television, mm-hmm. and I have watched that. Like, even when it came out, like, I watched it four or five times. Yeah. I own it on iTunes. Yeah. I own, like, nothing on iTunes, but I own the Glee pilot um, because it was such a perfect... And it it's distinction between its first and second episodes are pretty big. Like, yeah. it doesn't, like, structurally change the show a lot, but I feel like the tone was so perfect in the Glee pilot, and then every episode after that was trying to find that tone again. Mm-hmm. That's the other problem. You can't have an outstanding pilot, and that becomes the best episode of the series. Yeah. Which is kind of Which I think sad. is true of Glee. Which, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I liked Glee for longer than I should a have. season or two? Yeah. I watched, I think, three or four seasons? You went further than me. I, I did. Stopped. Yeah, you quit earlier on. Um... I still haven't talked about Zoe's Extraordinary Pilots. So pilots. <laughs> yeah, pilots. I love pilots. Pilots are fun. Amy loves pilots. And this pilot, um, I enjoyed. I, I am intrigued. I will watch more. Mm-hmm. It did not hit the, like, sing-tone perfect pilot of of some other shows. No, no, I don't think I've, it was a perfect pilot. Um, I think it was a fun pilot. It was but, fun. I mean, you think of, like... The first episode of Battlestar Galactica, which is not totally the same show at all, but like first episode or the first miniseries. Well, like I, I think movie. I think of the first episode, like the made for TV movie. I think it was a separate thing for some reason. Um, but like the first episode is thirty three, which is like such an amazing. I guess it wasn't a pilot though. That, yeah, Battlestar is a hard one yeah. because of the structure. Yeah. Perfect, perfect pilots for me. Crazy ex girlfriend. Fair, perfect pilot. Um, um, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yep. Perfect, yep. Pilot. perfect pilot. Um Mandalorian is pretty far up there. Yeah, Mandalorian is a real good pilot. I mean, it was good enough that we watched it and we're like, should we do a podcast about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a real good pilot episode. Yeah. yeah. But um, first pilot is always extraordinary playlist. Um yeah, fun. Not sure I buy into the concept yet. Um not which, sure kinks have been worked out. I don't I a don't few know glaring concerns. That the show knows what it's doing yeah. yet. Which is not unusual for a pilot. Right. You gotta figure it out. You gotta figure it out. Um, a couple critics I follow with you say, oh, you know, the fourth episode is always the most interesting one because the fourth episode is usually by the time that the writers have seen the first couple episodes. And they know. And they're starting to figure out like, oh, this is what's working. These are what the actors are bringing to the table. These are the things we want to focus on. Um, so that's that's certainly, you know, the fourth or fifth in that area. Um, is always an interesting spot yeah. as well. I was thinking that this show is what people who hate musicals because people are on stage singing and dancing. Yes. This is like what they imagine that is. Yes. That the people <laughs> in a musical are living in a world where it's not normal to break out yeah. into song and dance. Um, yeah. And and that's, that's, I think, the 
one of the, the like hesitations I have about the show mm-hmm. is um, the show is not currently dealing with the world outside of Zoe's perception. Um, which it may never need to do. I mean, I think there are lots of shows that don't do that, and that's fine. Um, but there's sort of like, Zoe sees all these things happening, and these elaborate dance numbers happen, and like she reacts to them, and she moves around in them, and she is reading people's minds. I think it's pretty clearly established that she is psychic to a certain extent. Um, and the question the show has not answered is... Is she perceiving time differently as well? Is this like a flash that all happens instantaneously and she experiences it over a longer period of time, as do we? Does it happen in her imagination? Does she see it in her imagination? Mm-hmm. Or is it happening in in the outside world? Yeah, I don't think it's happening in the outside world. Um, I think it's being filmed in the outside world indifferently to that. Mm-hmm. Because it's. It, I think there's the perspective that the creators are trying to make it seem like it is. it feels like it is happening to her. Right. Um, and so there are no fantastical elements other than the singing, um, at least in any of the songs that we see here. There are people singing and dancing and moving around, but it's all happening in a physical space. Unlike, again, Glee or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as two other uh, recent musical TV shows to talk about, where there are explicitly fantastical sequences that happen, and you just kind of you kind of go with it, and you don't have, you don't worry about it too much. Yeah. Like we're on a stage now, or you know these we, sorts we've of we've changed from the place mm-hmm. we were at all of a sudden. Yeah, she is very explicitly like always grounded yeah. in reality, um, because I I didn't think that they were actually happening around her. Like I feel like this is happening in her head. Right, which is one of the ways Crazy Ex-Girlfriend dealt with it, is that we eventually learn that this, mm-hmm. these are all happening, all these musical numbers are happening in... Uh-huh. What is her name? Rebecca. Rachel. Rebecca! <laughs> Rachel is the creator. Rachel Bloom is the creator. Um, yeah, they're happening in Rebecca's mm-hmm. head. Um, so that's where I kind of... Are we going to go with the psychic? It's, ha- it's happening in her head. Mm-hmm. Or... In the rules of this universe, is it happening? I mean, quite possibly. We don't know what the other characters are seeing. Yeah, well, that's that's really what I'm kind of boiling down to is, yeah. is there, like, a pause where she has a reaction? And these are not necessarily necessary to answer for yeah. the context of the show. No. Except for the fact that the show is making the musical numbers in Zoe's perspective, like, happening. So we're very much trapped in that perspective. So I think to the extent that, like, Zoe kind of knows that they're not really singing and dancing, but feels as if they were. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the last song, um, when Skylar Aston started singing, like, she started, like, verbally and physically reacting to it in the moment. She's like, oh, I don't know this song. I wonder what it's what's it going to be about. Um, and, like, sits down in his desk and is kind of, like, watching him do these things, even while he's performing to the camera that isn't there. Nope, don't think about that too yeah, hard, Kevin. Yeah, these are not... <laughs> it, would, it would be very hard to provide hard and fast rules of how yeah, these, well, and, and the magic of these sequences. In, and that's in, okay, um, and I kind of... 
I almost don't want an explanation. Like, I, I'm asking the question, and I'm going, like, I wonder how this is working. Um, but I would be okay if there wasn't yeah, ever an explanation. Yeah, just future things for wondering. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. If, if the thing with the MRI was the only explanation we ever got, I am fine with that. Yeah, I yeah. do not need... Uh, a mythological exploration of that. I'd be fine with it. It'd be interesting. It yeah. could be interesting. It could be terrible. I think it's just interesting for discussion to, yeah. com- to compare to some of the other TV mm-hmm. musicals. Well, I was also had. reminded of, particularly in the opening moments when you were hearing um, Wham, uh, the show Eli Stone, which you probably don't remember, but my mm-hmm. mother's like, yes, that's Eli Stone. Yeah. Um, hi, Mom. Um, similar premise. Uh, it was a lawyer who wakes up one day and George Michael is in his living room singing, I think, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, mm-hmm. although possibly a different song. Um, and he's having hallucinations of George Michael and then other people around him, and they turn out to be, like, prophetic. And, oh, but he's also got a brain aneurysm, and that's what's maybe causing these. So are they? is he a prophet, or are they... Like, is it God speaking to him, or is it, you know, a brain aneurysm? And the answer is both. Hmm. Um, but like that very much was a part of the text of the show. Like this is the explanation. You are imagining these things and here's why, um, which this doesn't really get into at all. So it's definitely, it's really going to bother the people who already don't like musical theater. Yes. This is like their worst (laughs) nightmare. (laughs) Because it's definitely not explained as to why this is happening in in the real world. Yes. Um, I do think it's an interesting creative choice to have it all be in the real world. And we'll see. And we'll see if that if that changes if that yeah. doesn't do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So another thing I noticed it's in a jukebox musical it kind is. of space, it and is in I am that space. not sure yet. Some of the songs were stronger than others. Mm-hmm. It all depends on the acting choices of who's singing it. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the song, too. Yeah. I, yeah, but, yeah. How do you interpret that for the situation? Um, but yeah, it, it really brings to the fore how you act through a song, act with a song. Yes. Some of them worked better than others. Yeah. Some of them seemed to be sung live, and some of them were recorded. Yeah, that was and that interesting. Was, yeah, it seemed like the more intimate, the ones that were supposed to be more intimate moments mm-hmm. were live. Yeah, like Peter Gallagher's um, song felt live song. Yeah. Spoilers, Peter Gallagher sings um like that that felt live i don't know if it was you know that it could just be good acting in a studio um whereas skylar aston singing singing i think i love you at the end felt very pre-recorded yes although there's different in the quality of sound of a live live thing um although skylar aston did a great job um because he's very good oh yes he yeah yeah He's he's got the musical part down pat. He's, like, he's, he's fine. He's I was I when I saw him in the like opening minutes of the thing, I was like, oh boy, we're gonna get to see him sing again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my immediate reaction. He's very good. <laughs> uh, for folks following along at home, he played Greg in the later seasons of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend yeah. or season, little final season. Um, it was very good. Yeah. Um, I also think the guy who played Simon mm-hmm. in doing the Mad Mad World mm-hmm. segment, that sounded live. Yes, that did sound live. Um, but it it makes the songs inconsistent. 
yes. through the show. Yes, if they're filming it live choice? or... It doesn't yeah. work. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I get that. Because it is... Doing it live gives you a different amount of opportunity to experience and act through it. Um, it's not necessarily better. Uh, I don't think any of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's songs were ever sung live, and they're all my favorite. I love all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's not... It's not necessary. It's definitely harder to do live performance if you're going to be doing a lot of singing and dancing, because yeah. you just don't have the budget to, like, make all the camera angles work and and, and, and Yeah, and then still film it live. I yeah. mean, you look at, like, Les Mis did that, and it was very expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it kind of worked. Just really close-up <laughs> shots. It's the only thing Tom Hooper knows how to shoot. That's what he knows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so interesting choice in the like mm-hmm. the jukebox musical. Yeah, how they're gonna. I am. Um, or go ahead. Continue. Yeah. choosing I, songs. I am not generally a fan of jukebox musicals as a as an initial like premise. Um, they're not bad necessarily. Um, they are certainly easier. They're more recognizable. Yeah, like you get you get to be excited because I know that song. Yeah. I know that song. Yeah, um, which I really think was one of one of many of Glee's problems in the later seasons. Well, to me, Glee was using those songs not as spectacular production numbers mm-hmm. and very rarely to drive a plot forward. Yeah, it was it was a lot of inner monologuing and. Here in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, those songs were being used to drive a plot forward. Yes. Well, they they were used to... That's how she experiences her psychic visions. And so, like, what she's experiencing is important. Yes. Which makes the song choice, from a creative perspective, much more important. Yeah, then I was having all practical questions like, do they just have a list of songs that they've got the rights to or can easily get to the rights to? Because the writers are in the writing room, like, <laughs> having to choose songs for these particular moments. Well, I know um, I know. in the case of Glee, um, and this is, it, I know this because of the Jonathan Colton debacle, mm-hmm. where they ripped off his arrangement of a song, Um the arrangement wasn't protected by copyright in the same way. And so all Fox did was get the rights to cover the baby, yes. the original baby got back. Um, and those rights are very easy to get. Jonathan Colton got the same rights when he did it. Mm-hmm. And that's true for almost all songs. There's actually a blanket cover song law policy that exists. So you go to the appropriate place, give them the appropriate amount of money, and you are allowed to cover the song. Um, and that's because people are going to cover songs anyway. This just makes sure people get royalties for it. So, because they're all cover songs, they probably don't have to pay a lot. They don't have to work real hard to not get things. Okay. As opposed to something like um, Baby Driver, where they was using original versions of all of these songs, and you've got to actually clear all of the rights to get those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Ryan Johnson, not Ryan Johnson, sorry, other director. Edgar like, Wright. Edgar Wright, um, like, wrote that script with all of those songs in mind. Right. And he was like, it's not going to work otherwise. <laughs> Which had to have Very been important difficult. to get those rights. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I don't know. But it also, when it's not a song I know, 
in a jukebox musical, I become less interested immediately. Um, which I don't know if that's just me or not. But, like, oh, Mad World, that's the song from all the trailers. Like, I know what we're getting mm-hmm. into here. Um, but the song, like Peter Gallagher sang, I had not ever heard before. And so I wasn't bringing anything to that song. Um, which is fine that's in book musicals. Because I'm not, I mean, obviously if I'm seeing a book musical, I, I may know it ahead of time because I listen to a lot of musical soundtracks. But, like, that song that he was singing had no external resonance for me. So I'm only looking at it in how well does it work in this scene. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't think it worked as well in that scene because I didn't have any extra context for it. That was one of the ones I was struggling with a little bit. Mm-hmm. Too. I actually wrote I down, do have context for that song. I know the yeah, song. I wrote down, can Peter Gallagher sing? <laughs> I felt like he was struggling with that. He was really acting through it. Yes. It was very visible. Yeah. And Peter Gallagher can sing. He's been on Broadway. Yeah. He like yeah. he he And it was another live ones where he's going, mm-hmm. Oh okay, uneven footing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and yeah, again, I feel like trying to do it live, make it feel like it was being done live to add to the, the importance and feeling of it when that's not the only way to accomplish that. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 There's a discrepancy between the big musical numbers Mm -hmm. and the more intimate ones, which happens in a musical too. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's not as like glaring yeah well it's it's interesting because in crazy ex-girlfriend which is just the musical show i've watched the most so i keep coming back to it um every episode usually had like one big number and one or two smaller numbers and the smaller numbers were clearly filmed in like a day or two on the same standing set that was already part of the world um, with just the actors in their normal clothes or their normal costumes and then the big set was where all the money went um, that very f- much feels also true here, but because of the difference in like this this inconsistency you're talking about, I can really feel like oh this was shot in the room the day of, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't blend as much like the um, the bro coder song whose name I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, the he song is, he sang. He that was Clid's. All I do is, is win, yeah. win, win. Yes. Um, that felt more heavily produced. And like, oh, they spent money on this. Same with Help at the beginning. Like, oh, this is getting mm. lots of long shots and heavy choreography. They spent their money here. Yeah. Um, whereas True Colors did not feel like it felt like, oh, this is a cheap song. Like, it's emotionally it's, relevant. It's but much bigger differences. Which is, again, weird considering they're all shot in reality. In her head. In her so, head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I had a couple of concerns. I had some concerns. What are your concerns? Oh, also, I, before we get to concerns, I am looking forward to seeing Lauren Graham sing at some point. (laughs) Can Lauren Graham sing? I don't know. I've never seen her sing. So (laughs) I I am looking forward to that possibility. Yeah. Lauren Graham was in this. She was fun. She was, she was doing things. I like it when Lauren Graham does things. I mean, gosh. Lauren Graham, Mary Steenberg. Yeah, it's got a killer Peter cast. Gallagher, like <laughs> these are there? not like like 
insignificant people. Like yeah. uh, Jane Levy was in um, Suburgatory before this. I and, remember. Um, she was in Shameless, um, which I watched a couple seasons of because I like William H Macy. William H Macy a lot. Um, oh, she was in the remake of Evil Dead. That was um, a movie that a lot of people liked that I didn't yeah. see. She's in. She's in things. Oh, she was in Castle Rock. She's been doing lots of stuff. Good job. Um, that's the that's the biggest question I have is like, is Zoe going to sing at any point, or is this going to be a musical where the lead doesn't sing? Well, it's going to be interesting choices no matter what. Yeah, uh, they decide to do. Yeah, okay. Lauren Graham, Mary Steenburgen, all good people. I want to see them sing. Um, Alex Newell, who was on Glee. Her neighbor. Whose neighbor? Zoe's neighbor. Oh no, no, I sorry. In Glee. Oh, Alex was in the later seasons of Glee. Okay. Not Um, not seasons you watched. Okay. Um, He showed up as Unique was the character's name, and Unique was an interesting character. I didn't watch the whole of her arc. But that was Glee does a trans storyline. Okay. Okay. So what are Alex's pronouns? He, him. He, him. Alexa- Alex Newell is a cisgender... I'm re- I read this off his Wikipedia page okay. last night. Is a cisgender, non-conforming gay male. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what Moe's gender is. I, well, that's why I was curious. Because Moe's gender is ambiguous. Yeah. Um, in the show so far, which is fine. Like, it doesn't have to be established. Because so far, Moe's not ex- interacting with anybody other than Zoe. Yeah. Um, what if... I just had a, a, a bad thought, which is like, oh, what if Moe is actually doing this to Zoe, and that would be terrible, and then that turns Moe oh. into, like, a magical black character. <laughs> Well, that is actually... <laughs> like, I know! Like, that's an interpretation of this show as it exists right now. That would just be a bad choice. <laughs> I That goes into one of my main concerns. <laughs> that just being Zoe's neighbor, Mo is still participating as a magic black... Yes. ...person. Yes. In that... In that... Mo seems confident, has life together, mm-hmm. doling out advice to young white woman. Yes. To help her fix her life. Yeah. Yes. Those those problems definitely still exist. Even without magic not without, actually without being, being, being actually magical. Um, yeah. Those were And that's the thing that they can definitely fix after a pilot. Um, but they should. <laughs> yeah. Like, having Mo interact with anyone else in the cast would be a good start. Well, and developing <laughs> Mo's character, yeah. and, um, yeah, not always being the character Zoe then goes to for advice. Advice on being a psychic, yeah. On being a psychic, um, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah, so it's already going in, like, the magic black person route it for is. me. It is. It is a worryingly close to that, yeah. It's... There's, room to improve there. Uh-huh. Um, although Alex Newell brings a lot to the role. I think he does interesting things with it. Mm. 
but that just I think that's also get holdover from his work on Glee in my Great. brain. So, I'm good. bringing that to the table. Yeah, good acting. Mm-hmm. Good acting. But good act, good acting can't save a terrible role or a badly written role. Well, I mean. <laughs> The number of great actors who have been in a magic black person role. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> All you, of them. You gotta pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you try to do what you can. Um, yeah, so I, I, um, I've I got my flags up for, yeah. I had, for that one. I had similar concerns around Peter Gallagher's character to a certain extent, of her dad, of... The show doesn't... I don't know if it's the show doesn't know how to deal with a disabled, paralyzed character or the characters don't. Um, like, they're still struggling and dealing with it. This is a very recent to them. You know, within the last yeah. six months this has been happening. And so, obviously, that is that is traumatic and difficult and requires lots of adjustment and things like that. And so I can't tell if, like, the poor behavior of the family is the show or the characters uh i was reading it as the characters not knowing how to well i was i was too um and i think the you know at the end where they go sailing i think that certainly helps um i guess i'm a little annoyed that it took a psychic intervention for them to like think of that yeah that's, that's I think, what I'm a little annoyed by. Because, like, Zoe was very much like, oh, Dad loves the outside. We should open the window. We should take him out. And everyone's like, no, don't. But I get yeah. I get that from a family that has no language in disability mm-hmm. uh, out of, like, protection. Yes. Yeah. So, again, I, it's one of those things that I, I want to see them work with more. Yeah. I'm currently willing to give benefit of doubt. Yeah. It's a pilot. To, um, <laughs> you can you can make make it better. Yeah. Especially if you don't know what's causing a degenerative disease, I can see being yeah. af- being afraid yeah. that like anything could trigger something could make it worse bad, or yeah, and, it could have a bad um, experience. Or if you had a bad experience and you couldn't easily get to a hospital, like you're yeah. on a boat. Yeah, I um, was mad. None of them were wearing life jackets at the end. <laughs> Like, you're on a boat with a person who cannot swim. Life jacket. At least put a life jacket on him. Like, the rest of you should also be wearing them. That was a very minor complaint and nitpick that I had. But I was like, come on, put put a life jacket on. That's real true. That's real. (laughs) Real, real true. Yeah. Um, Yes, Peter Gallagher, the actor playing this role, can swim, but... Put your life jackets your on, life jackets people. On. You're on a boat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, was that all for your concerns about? I think that Peter was Gallagher? most of what I had. Yeah. Well, here's my other concern. Uh-huh. You got Zoe is going to end up doing a lot of emotional labor in this show. Oh yeah, that's the premise of the show. Yeah. <laughs> And she works in a male-dominated industry. Yes. 
And they're trying to show, you know, they got Laura and Graham as a boss, uh-huh. so like, and now Zoe has been promoted to a manager, yes. so they're trying to show. But here she is going to have to deal with the amount of emotional labor put yes. upon her. In, and I don't think a, like, subversive... No. ...critiquing way. No, the, the, the premise of this show, especially if it had come out um, 10 or 15 years ago... Was every episode Zoe hears a new person's brain and then has to fix them? Um, because I've seen that show multiple times. That was Eli Stone. That was Joan of Arcadia, where God was talking to her. That was Wonderfalls, which is an amazing show that I love. But like that's the premise: is every week she's got to go fix a thing. Or um, to use a not female-led example, um, early edition mm-hmm. with uh, yeah, Coach Chandler. Yeah, Kyle Chandler. Um, like that, that's the premise of the show. Yeah. Um, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist could absolutely, that be the premise of the show. Of I have to fix someone this week. Um, because that's the burden of being a psychic. <laughs> but because it's also going to be like happening a lot in a coding. Yes. Environment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that the show is I'm a little concerned aware about aware of that. That's. Um, like it makes some jokes about it, but it, I don't know that it it's, knows what it's depicting. It's a, and she's also a daughter in a family, so yeah. there are family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and she's there the, too. Yeah. But I just don't feel like that kind of intimacy or gender roleness mm-hmm. has been present to such an extent in these other shows. Yes. Well, I mean, even you look at again, Wonderfalls. I think is the closest example of something like this that I have. Like, first of all, she rejects it. Like, she, she hates all of the things. The only reason she does it is so the voices will shut up. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to help people. I don't want to be doing this work. So there's that, there's a subversion of that and to a certain extent. Whereas, with the guy singing Mad World in this episode, like, he was so sad that she just had to do something. Yeah, I think that's where it was clearest to me yeah. when they started talking and, like, the sort of... Yeah, just the emotional labor of her trying to manipulate him, him to, open up to tell and, him yeah. whatever is bothering him. And, mm-hmm. and like, um, almost a therapy. Yeah, yeah. Kind definitely of way. In like, that it was space. so. It was so labor intensive. <laughs> it was. Emotional labor, listening, being empathetic to figure out what the problem mm-hmm. is, then to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. It almost lost her, her promotion. Yeah, yeah, because she was doing that <laughs> yeah. labor. So I don't know if yeah. they will uh, address that. I think, I think the show could get away with not having her solve people's problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could even see like a particularly savvy producer saying, "We're going to put this storyline in the first episode. We're going to show like, hey, this is what it could be, and we can do this forever to better sell the show, and then get into telling the story they actually want to tell." Right, right. So, in the example mm-hmm. of the guy who wants to win, win, win. Yeah, like that's she doesn't have to fix him. She just knows that's his subtext. His inner monologue yeah. is like. He's gunning for her position. Yeah. And Skylar could... Aston loves her. Like, so... Although that's that has opened up a can of emotional labor right now. Hey. <laughs> Gotta figure that one out. Gotta figure that one out. Although, I'm definitely uh, already Team Skylar Aston. I mean, of course. I, I mean, yeah. of the two guys, like, go with Skylar. 
He got a full production number. <laughs> he did. He got a full production number. So I am I am shipping that particular ship. Yeah. So that's a that's a potential problem. Yeah. Which, that's the excitement of pilots is you get to you get to wonder. I wonder how they're going to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There used to be a column I used to read that was called Pilot Season, where a TV critic would review as many pilots as he could every year. Um, he had to shut it down because there are too many and. It wasn't getting a lot of views, yeah. but I love a good pilot. I just get you excited, yeah. hooked about the show coming out. Talking about other good pilots. Um, How much your mother had a great pilot? That was a real good pilot. A good pilot. That one doesn't stick out in my head, but well, yes. I, I watched it again recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember any other. That's okay. Examples. We didn't plan or prepare anything. No. <laughs> no. No. But yeah, it's piqued my interest. We'll mm-hmm. continue to watch. Not completely sold yet. No, but I'm I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to to go along for the ride for a little bit. Yeah, especially a musical show. I feel like I gotta split I musicals, like musicals because those can those can be tough to sell. Yeah, even post Glee. Even post Glee. Well, there were a number of post Glee musicals that did not succeed. Yeah. I mean, Smash got I think two seasons. Yeah, didn't didn't go far. Yeah. Crazy Ex Girlfriend was always the lowest rated show on CW. Uh, always the lowest rated show on TV. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. of the broadcast networks, yeah. it was often in very close to last place, if not last place. Yeah. Um, and it was an amazing, perfect show that I love to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so good, so good. <laughs> Just have to go rewatch Crazy Ex Girlfriend now. Yeah, um, right now. Yeah, I need I need that to come out into a box set Blu-ray so I can get that. Yeah, yeah. Because I want it. <laughs> yeah. So well, that was Zoe's extraordinary, was extraordinary playlist. Place. Do you have anything other comments? I don't think I do. Let me let me look. I wrote down. It's like only two a forty-three notes. minute show, yeah, so we can't we, have that. We many. talked a lot about it. Can't have um, that many thoughts. I mentioned Eli Stone. I wonder if they're going to try and explain the show at all, or the the, the brain thing at all. Um, I was briefly reminded of other musical episodes, like the one on the, I almost said Clerks, Scrubs musical episode. The premise was the main, the, the POV character for that episode had the brain thing where it seemed like everyone was talking in musicals, mm-hmm. or was singing. Um, I wonder if that is a brain thing. It is. It is a it brain is. thing. Okay. Brains yeah. Are- Weird. Brains are weird. Brains are weird. Um, how it was depicted on the show was not accurate, but there is a brain thing where it feels like everyone is singing all the time. Um, and I half expected this to go in that direction because I I knew it was that. Well, she but, could have she had she had been having symptoms of something, yes, a headache, and, and having, what, so yeah. we don't know. Again, if they're going to go down that avenue of really exploring, when they put me in an MRI machine, they specifically had like a whole padded. Headpiece yeah. to block out head- all the sound. It's so loud. It's, it's so scary. It's so loud. It's so scary. And they can't, like, you can't move your head. Like, yeah. it's very important to keep it very, very still. But TV MRIs never. Well, then I just wondered was it just that hospital I was in that they yeah. put those, like, earmuffs <laughs> on me and made sure I couldn't yeah. hear anything? I, I don't know if I got claustrophobia when I had an MRI. Or because I have an MRI, but I, it was not a fun experience. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's... Yeah, TV MRIs look nice compared to the real ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's all I got to say, Amy. All right, well, we'll just wait for episode two to air at yeah. some point. 
point on during a day of the week. One of the days of the week. One of the seven days of the week <laughs> it will air. We don't know what day we'll be in. No. But it will, it will air. <laughs> Say goodnight, Amy. Good night, Amy.